G'day and welcome to the Hidden Why Podcast. This is episode 831, my interview with Locke Kelly, and we discuss the way of effortless mindfulness. Enjoy. G'day, Locke, and welcome to the Hidden Why Podcast. Great to have you here. Ah, thanks so much, Lee. Great to be here. You've got a world of wisdom and experience behind you, and you've got a new book coming out, The Way of Effortless Mindfulness a revolutionary guide for living an awakened life. So I really want to jump into that book tonight. But before we get in there, how many books have you actually written now? Uh, so this is my second book. I've done a bunch of uh, uh, online courses and audios, but uh, this is the second book. Second book. Okay. Yeah. And in your background, just in a sort of brief summary, what has been your background and experience in this field? Yeah. <clears throat> Thanks so much. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can get into a little bit of, uh, you know, some kind of early shifts of consciousness that I think happened to a lot of us that we don't even realize. But um, those kind of experiences I had, uh, some in like sports where I shifted into the zone or into a kind of a flow state and then found a way to do that intentionally, uh, led me to go off and... uh, explore what, you know, what ways can we uh, relieve suffering and find happiness, uh, which led me to graduate school um, in psychology and uh, world spirituality, which led me to have a fellowship to Sri Lanka, India, and Nepal, uh, where I studied meditation in university and also uh, sat some five-day retreats, 10-day retreats, and 21-day retreats. Um, And then I went up to, after doing kind of a, what's called insight meditation in Sri Lanka and kind of experiencing these benefits of uh, uh, stress management, kind of a feeling of calm, Hmm. after 10 days, I went up to Nepal and met a teacher there uh, from the Tibetan tradition, Uh, who was teaching this direct path meditation. And so he gave like a 15-minute talk and then a three-minute little glimpse practice, which is kind of what I do now. Yeah. And within three minutes, I felt the same way as I did at the end of a 10-day retreat. Oh, really? So, uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I... Yeah, I I kind of took that and ran with it and and studied neuroscience and psychology and uh, kind of began to create a contemporary way to help people relieve suffering and shift in the midst of your day into this kind of flow and sense of well-being and interconnectedness. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, there's a lot to to sort of break down and unwire, I suppose, with, with all that. But going back to the book, The Way of Effortless Mindfulness, I suppose, what is effortless mindfulness? Sure. So, I mean, I think most people know today what mindfulness is. It's, yeah. you know, in the last 10 years, um, mindfulness in some ways has become uh, almost like the fourth pillar of health, you know, with uh, eating right, exercise, sleep, and uh, and meditation or mindfulness uh, because its results are so so good and have been studied by neuroscientists for the last uh, 10 years or Mm. so. So when I met my teacher in 
in Nepal, he said there's two kinds of mindfulness, deliberate mindfulness yep. and effortless mindfulness. Okay. And deliberate is pretty much what everyone calls mindfulness. It's kind of sitting and usually watching your breath or looking at a candle. Like meditation. Using, yeah, it's a type of meditation. Uh, but you can do it sitting or you can do it, you know, doing a walking meditation. Hmm. Basically, it's the, uh, the ability to focus. Um, and then the second step of deliberate mindfulness is to step back uh, from being identified with your thinking, which can get anxious or depressed and be able to see, oh, <clears throat> this thought, I'm, I, I, can't, I can't take it anymore. I don't know if I can really, you know, do this. And then you step back and you realize, oh, that's a thought. I can't take it anymore. And you gain some distance uh, from a kind of observing witness place. And uh, that's that's usually what deliberate mindfulness does. It gives you a sense that you're not identified with the thought or emotion that's coming through you. Um, and then effortless mindfulness is more like a flow state uh, mm. for those who play sports or music. Or even I usually ask people, uh, what do you do that uh, in your free time uh, that you love? So people say surfing or gardening or walking in nature or being with animals and what happens during those times that people seek out is you shift out of the small sense of self and into this kind of interconnected feeling of well-being that isn't referencing thought all the time but feels like you're connected to the trees as you walk through through nature or feels like you're in the now and when you do this, you're actually optimally functioning in the flow, yep. but you're in, a, in this kind of relaxed, interconnected, loving place where you've dropped out of the chattering mind. Um, so it's really what people seek. And so I found a way that isn't reliant on needing to go surfing to find this, mm -hmm. but literally be able to shift into it any time of the day. Do you need deliberate mindfulness to be able to practice effortless mindfulness? Like it, I would have thought that deliberate mindfulness helps us um, bring about that effortless mindless, mindfulness in, in everyday life. Yeah, that's a great question because that's traditionally how people are trained. So hmm. uh, the, the preliminary practice is deliberate mindfulness. And unfortunately, most people don't get to the second stage, but Traditionally, you train your concentration, you kind of calm your mind and soothe your body. Um, and you could say even yoga would be considered a form of deliberate mindfulness that's more physical. And then you calm and you, you strengthen and you relax. And then you do effortless mindfulness. Yeah. However, um, that can help some people, but some people have a very hard time even concentrating on their uh, breath and yeah. can never even sit for a few minutes. I can and relax. for those people, yeah. <laughs> and for those people, um, this more advanced practice is actually simpler and mm. an easier doorway. And when you shift, when you literally, it's almost like you take your awareness that's identified with your thought and you just open it like as if you were kind of caught in a cloud of your mind and 
emotions and you just open it to the space in the room and take a breath and then you're kind of aware from the space kind of back to your body like an ocean of awareness back to the cloud and you feel like you've kind of dropped from head to heart or heart space hmm. and then uh, just that simple movement literally changes your brain um, and it actually, I found now that the deliberate mindfulness actually trains a type of attention that isn't needed for effortless mindfulness. It's a different skill. So in some ways, um, I'm finding it's almost better to skip that stage because it takes such a long time and quite a bit of painful development to do deliberate mindfulness. Okay. Well, this is interesting because I, I you know, probably been practicing deliberate mindfulness for a few years now and i've definitely felt the benefits um in day-to-day -day life i've felt a bit more calmer etc um when things you know go away but um yeah this is this is quite interesting being able to practice effortless mindfulness without going through all that other and i know do believe like some people say it's years of practice of mm -hmm. deliberate mindfulness to get to this this level of um, I suppose peace in, in everyday life, um, mm -hmm. regardless of the adversity what you're experiencing. So um, let's get into that effortless mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And I know the book is filled; it's a guide really to this, and many of practices that are shared in there. But where do we start with effortless mindfulness? If if I'm a beginner, um, yeah. never never sort of practice deliberate mindfulness. Where do we begin? Yeah. So in some ways, um, I have taught uh, deliberate mindfulness. Uh, I was one of the founders of uh, and first teachers of this uh, New York Insight Meditation Center. So I have experience leading people through deliberate mindfulness and now through effortless mindfulness for the last 15 years. So it, you know, it's it has a, each one has a certain set of skills, but it takes about the same amount of time to learn either one. Yep. So, um, you know, kind of what I just described. Uh, a few minutes ago is this kind of uh, difference between deliberate and effortless is that in deliberate you kind of close your uh, attention down you concentrate and focus on one point yeah and in um, effortless mindfulness you either uh, go deep within uh, or you open up out of the cloud into kind of a panoramic vision so almost like when some people when you drive a car you have to open your panoramic awareness yeah and uh when you go to the top of a hill or a mountain and you look out uh, or at the beach you kind of open to the sky and then it's almost like you feel like you have an open mind or an open heart and then you just curiously become aware from this more open field of awareness back toward thoughts, feelings, and sensations. And from this more open uh, awareness, you can then just be aware of your breath or your thoughts. So you can kind of do the practices of um, deliberate mindfulness, but you'll notice that your mind doesn't wander because you're now looking from what's called um, 
the nature of mind or your source of mind, which is more awareness-based rather than thought-based. Mm. So it's opening, kind of as you breathe, you don't, you don't close down your concentration, you actually open your awareness out into the room and, you know, almost to this kind of feeling of boundlessness, which is called open mind or open heart. As you breathe, and then from this openness, ah, just relax, and almost like you've discovered that there's an awareness that's already aware without your help. And then just from that openness, stay open, and then become aware like a ocean of awareness, focus on thoughts, feelings, and sensations. And what you notice is there's a greater capacity, uh, a greater space, a greater uh, strength, to be able to focus on your breath or thoughts or feelings, they have it's more room like to move. almost like reverse. Yeah, it is. It's like reverse. Yeah. What's what's this? You said go going deep within. Like, is there an alternative of going deep within or opening up? Yeah, because um, so I find that some people are more outer, go through this outer door, and more of this inner door. So the the way of going in. Um, you know, some people say, you know, peace is within or the kingdom of heaven is within mm -hmm. or and so what you would do then in kind of a simple way um, is you feel that the problem is often described as being um, caught in a small separate sense of self. And if you really feel what that's like for most people, um, you're not even aware of where you're aware from. So. Uh, in deliberate mindfulness, you you become aware of contents of consciousness, and in effortless, you start by saying, "Okay, not what am I aware of, but where am I aware from?" And you'll start to realize that for most people, there's a feeling of me, a mini me, behind your eyes, yeah, in the middle of your head. Now, if you just realize that that actually is a a thought based uh, pattern that isn't actually who you are or doesn't need to be where you're aware from and you feel that awareness is actually identified or attached to that what you can do is feel like almost like a globe of awareness that's identified can step back and then feel like awareness itself drops down to be aware of your jaw from within your jaw and then feel like awareness can be aware of your throat from within your throat. So it feels this space, this effervescent aliveness and this awareness. And then feel as if awareness drops below your neck into your upper body and then kind of almost deeper and subtler feeling this aliveness and then going into kind of the space between the atoms, into this kind of heart space, so that you relocate the center, and you're aware of a kind of heart space, and now you're aware from a heart space, and just notice what it's like to be alert, but not orient to thought. So you kind of feel this calm immediately. If you go really deep into this kind of living stream or this open space, it might open up outside as well. But the key is that 
you're not aware from thought or from your head. You're now actually looking out of the eyes of your heart or you're feeling the subtlest dimension. This is this is quite um I don't know, for for a novice like myself, I'm finding it difficult to navigate because I mean I can I guess I'm going back to deliberate mindfulness where I'm sitting there and I'm just focusing on breath. Um, That's right. And I'm having trouble to to understand exactly how to begin in this effortless mindfulness because I, I still feel that effortless mindfulness, there has to be some sort of deliberate conscious effort towards practicing that, if that makes sense. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So, though, you know, the term effortless mindfulness doesn't mean you don't make an initial effort. Mm. What it means is that when you find out or are able to feel how to unhook awareness from thought, that you then shift into an aware into an awareness that's already effortlessly aware. Yeah. So, so how do so, we shift? Because if, if you were to do deliberate practice, someone might say, well, sit, sit down cross-legged on the floor and breathe in and breathe out and maybe count your breaths up till 10 and, and go again and try and be, I guess, clearing the, the chattering mind through yes. that process. So in, in effortless mindfulness, yeah. how, do I, how do I begin? Yeah, so I've given you kind of two, two doorways. And, you know, it's interesting that you're kind of a good example about how practicing deliberate mindfulness can actually be a hindrance Mm. to because you actually develop um, a bad habit. So, in other words, you develop your strength of not only a focus, but you develop this focuser that becomes kind of looking from a point of view. And so you, you know, the, the effects of deliberate mindfulness is you you get stress relief and you have a calmer ego. But with effortless mindfulness, for those, some people may have been able to follow that either opening out of the cloud into the sky and being aware from the sky or dropping uh, down to be aware of your jaw and your throat. And I pretty much in an hour and a half, I mean, this is half an hour, so it's not, you know, not I'm not setting it up no. as much, but mm. the book certainly sets it up. But within an hour and a half, um, you know, I get at least eight out of 10 people uh, to get what I call a glimpse or a taste of being uh, aware from this kind of spacious flow. Um, So it takes, you know, it takes a little time, but not not so much. Um, And then uh, once you learn the principles of it um, experientially, not intellectually, Yep. But you get a feel of what it means to have your awareness rather than looking from the middle of your head to your breath in your belly. You actually let your awareness drop down so you're aware of your breath from your breath and then aware from this open field mm. in this kind of interconnected feeling, which most people get when they're surfing or walking with their dog in nature or um so it's a way to intentionally do it um and the book is filled with uh there's different you know kind of doorways or learning styles that i realize people have so i go through um these set of principles um that are not that hard but it just takes a little little learning but there's different people 
who are more physical, more mental, more emotional, um, more visual, more, more auditory. Yeah. So I go through these different doors For each and one, pretty yeah. much, you know, most people can get it fairly quickly if they're willing. And I have, um, so it's like a book for, for beginners, but also people that are well rehearsed in mindfulness. I mean, I have people who have done three, like I have about 12 people who are students of mine who have done three, uh, three year retreats in the Tibetan tradition. So they've done super advanced and they come and say, oh, my God, I can't believe I wish I had known about this. This sums up the whole thing. Yeah. So it's for it's literally like that's been my task is to bring the simplest, most advanced practices of relieving suffering into the world and make them available to beginners and to people who have done other kinds of practices. You talk about the five foundations of effortless mindfulness. What are they? Yeah, so now they they can get a little, you know, they sound a little esoteric, but basically I'm just playing with this um, way of... Uh, of communicating um, in deliberate mindfulness, they talk about the four foundations of mindfulness, which is being aware of the contents of consciousness, thoughts, feelings, sensations, uh, emotions, mind objects. And so I just created a, a kind of step-by-step five foundations. And they're pretty much uh, ways of, rather than focusing on the contents, the first foundation is to be aware of the space um, outside of yourself, hmm. and then to be and then to be aware from that space, and then to be aware of that from that space back to your body and your mind. So it's it's a way to kind of give these step by step, uh, like what am I doing? How am I doing it? And I say, okay, here's the five steps. Yeah. Um, and and if you go through them and kind of feel them, um, you know most people can can get them, and it's kind of remarkable. I've had people from around the world who I never met, you know, write me that say their chronic pain is has gone away because what you're doing is you're going, you're taking this small mind and you're opening it to this greater self. Um, that then thoughts go into the background. And pain signals go into the background, and yet you feel more embodied and more loving, um, you know, almost immediately because um, you access this consciousness, which you're kind of looking from, but you never kind of look back to realize, well, who's looking or what what's aware of these thoughts rather than stay focused on. What am I thinking? What am I doing? Where am I going? Mm. So this sh- this shift backwards, and you know, in Zen they say take take the take the backward step. Uh, so you're actually feeling back to what's aware, and that opens up to this more relaxed, uh, open uh, field of awareness. Mm. Yeah, I'm feeling I'm understanding you. Like with with the deliberate mindfulness, you really clearing the clutter almost Mm -hmm. so you can start to see that awareness but yeah it's interesting i'm trying to figure it out in my head but with these these fine foundations i mean you just mentioned one which was about opening up to the space around us 
Um, yes. And you talked about surfing before and you know, just getting out into nature. I, I feel that when you do get out um, into those open nature areas, um, that's what you do become aware of. You're in that space and it's, it's much right. more open than, you know, what we are typically in a day-to-day life where we're just focused on the next task, you know, driving to the shops, picking mm-hmm. up the kids, whatever it might be. Um, so that's yeah. a really great, great one to think about. What are the other couple, um, sorry, the other four? Yeah, so, um, so the, you know, the unique premise is um, that, you know, we seem to operate from this small separate sense of self that is like thought looping on thought. Hmm. And we, we've actually come to believe, I think, therefore I am. So we have this, yeah. <laughs> this, uh, uh, this small ego center, whatever you want to call that, uh, that's trying to live a life um, and trying to deal with emotions. But actually, if you're really a sensitive human and you have an emotional life, the small ego is too small to handle a fully intimate, sensitive human life. And so this is an upgrade into a bigger sense of self, which um, the wisdom traditions have talked about from a small self to a no self to a bigger self with a you know capital S hmm. that feels feels like you feel when you're in nature, which is um, so the first step is awareness of space. And then you realize, oh, I'm actually there's an awareness that's already spaciously aware without my help. And that's kind of an unusual thing to intentionally feel. But as you say, if you do deliberate mindfulness, eventually you start to feel this kind of choiceless awareness or this big sky mind mm. that's aware of thoughts moving through. And um, and so it's just the step, the next step is, all right, well, from this big sky mind, be aware of thoughts, feelings, sensations coming and going. And now just be aware of the space that's aware. So you just start to feel, oh, that's what's aware. And then you're aware, then it kind of makes that more the subject and object, which kind of gives you this feeling, okay, well, that is actually where I'm aware from. I'm not aware from thought. So then you uh, feel that you're aware of a burden. Thoughts are less of a burden, and you have this feeling, oh, okay, this after meditation, I don't have to go back Hmm. and form this ego center again. Let me see from this awareness that is aware while I'm sitting, can I remain interested in the spacious awareness and now start to walk and now start to talk and now start to type and now start to, to relate and create? And you start to realize that by simply resting back to the awareness that's aware and then remaining aware from a more open mind and open heart, you can start to rewire your brain. And actually, you know, that's some of the neuroscience that I've been involved in is that this um, this effortless mindfulness actually changes uh, the way your brain is balanced and mm. it stops self-referencing. Uh, which is kind of that self-consciousness and worry and fear immediately. It shows that, you know, this is true. This is really happening. Yeah. So when um, I like the connection with neuroscience there, but 
just want to encourage people to go out there and pick up this book of this conversation and it is a short sort of surface glimpse of of effortless mindfulness i suppose and i still feel it's it may be difficult for people to grasp so i guess uh encouraging you guys to to go out there and pick up a copy of the book would be a great first step and have a read of it and even um connect with lock uh, online lock where is the best place to for people to reach you and, and connect with you yeah if people go to my website, uh, which is www.lockkelly.org, and that's oh, yeah. L-O-C-H-K-E-L-L-Y.org, um, then I have like free uh, YouTubes. I have uh, audio um, glimpses that kind of take you through step by step um, that you can download onto your phone. Um, different events um, I haven't yet come to. Australia, but hopefully someday I'll get over I'll here. Come there, absolutely. Yeah, yep. great. Yeah. No, cool, mate. Well, look, I'll I'll stick the links in the show notes. And again, guys, a short little glimpse of uh, effortless mindfulness. But I hope it's um, inspired you. Go out there, pick up a link of the book as well. I'm sorry, I'll pick up a copy of the book. I'll stick the link in the show notes. And thank Locke for coming on the show as well. Locke, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, thanks so much, Lee. Really enjoyed meeting you and uh, and discussing this. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there. And also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcast. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there. Um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose. And in doing so, you will discover your hidden why. This is The Hidden Why. My name is Lee Martin Until next time, peace, passion and purpose. See you soon.